music, news, entertainment. It's all right here. This is The Kelly Alexander Show. Hey, it's Kelly, and this week on the show, we are so excited to welcome one of the fastest rising music stars on the planet, Teddy Swims. Now, Teddy went viral back in 2019 after posting cover versions to YouTube of songs like Michael Jackson's Rock With You. Since then, he has gone on to sign a major record deal and release new music, including his debut album, I've Tried Everything But Therapy, Part One. He's awesome, and we cannot wait for you to hear our conversation. We also spend some time with our music editor, Sharon Hyland, discussing the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony, which includes fantastic artists for 2023, people like Missy Elliott, Shaka Khan, Sheryl Crow, and George Michael. Listen anytime, anyplace, just a click away, kellyalexandershow.com. Very excited to welcome one Mr. Teddy Swims, who has amazing fans all over the world because he's got 10 million followers on social media, not to mention over 870 million streams. Teddy, welcome to Virgin Radio. Oh, thanks for having me. I had no idea it was that much. It's crazy. That's a big number. Yeah, it's wild. Can you even like take that in? Uh, you know, I don't know. I think we so focused on like the goal that, you know, when you hear something like that, you're like, damn. <laughs> Whoa. Have you had a chance yet to actually enjoy the ride you're on? Because I'm sure the last three or four years have been bananas. Yeah, but I'm, I'm enjoying it. I mean, I'm, I'm, with, I'm doing it with my best buddies in the world that I've known my whole life. So we enjoy it. If anything, we've enjoyed it too much. You know what I mean? <laughs> if anything, we've, we've celebrated a little too much. You know, it might be you don't have to slow down on the celebration, but I don't know. I mean, you got you to gotta take the, you got you to, gotta, there's a balance. But there's a balance. Yeah. I just hadn't figured it out, but more celebration. <laughs> More now, work, work hard, play hard, you know? Exactly. And I know that the tour is coming to an end. Will you take some time off or head back into the studio very quickly? Um, so we, I think I, we end in like uh, for Thanksgiving, you know, and I'll be home for I think three days and then we're right back to my old December. Just gotten, um, yeah, and then I think January through like March or something. I'm going to write for a while, but. Yeah, I don't know if I'm ever getting time off. Okay, probably not in the, in the foreseeable <laughs> not future. Not in the foreseeable future, no. <laughs> Obviously, I know everybody knows how you blew up with the covers. And so I did have a quick question about that. Like, did you have any inkling that things were going to go kaboom when you did the Michael Jackson cover? No, we, we I never even intended on doing covers. But like, we just did that because it was 10 years <laughs> You know, that day, it was 10 years he passed on June 25th of 2019. And I just wanted to, like, pay homage. And it just went and just, like, I guess we should just keep on doing this, you know. But I never, like, thought that would be the route that I'd take or that would lead into this or that I was even going to be a solo artist, I guess you could say. But, like, all the guys that are in my band now, we were all in a band together. And, you know, when this started to happen, we were like, well, let's just, let's just be Teddy Swims then, you know? And, like, they all stuck by me. But I never knew this was the avenue, you know? I never really knew this would be the case. And I want to talk to you about your album in just a sec, but I did want to ask you, when it comes to covers, because you've done so many, and you and I talked just moments ago about your sick cover of Hers Focus, which yeah. is amazing. Is there a cover that you haven't done yet? And I know you probably don't have time to do covers right now, but is there one that you would just love to, to do? I, I, I've been saying that if I were to do, like, like the next one, I would do would probably be um, at your best. Uh, you are loved by Aaliyah. Oh, I do. <laughs> you're the positive, motivating force within my life. That song to me is just like, oh God, I love that song. That is amazing. 1994, I think that came out. Yeah, that's, yeah. gosh, she's 
That's amazing. Rest in peace too. Exactly. Now, do you have, cause I, I you know, I, I've noticed just how many um, collaborations you've started to rack up and I know that you were hanging out with Marin Morris recently. Yeah. Uh, who's on your bucket list of next, of um, being next? The person I would love to collaborate with the most, and I say this all the time, is uh, Stevie Wonder or um, Paul McCartney. And, and I love, they're like my heroes, like the best I think who's ever done it, but also they're, they're kind of, getting older you know and i like i want to i want to i want to just make sure i mean they seem like they have plenty of time left now they're like old or they're about to die or anything but just like i would love to i would just love to be in a room with one of them and just like you know just get what i can you know and mm -hmm. soak in that knowledge and and uh i think i think stevie wonder would be like tip top you know like he's the best ever and i have to ask you as a good canadian because i know you covered shania twain and i think yeah. she answered you back have you had a chance to meet her yet i have not gotten to meet her but um yeah, I mean, she had she like heard the cover and you know tweeted at it and but I've not I've not got a chance to work with her. She I would die too though. She's the queen, you know. <laughs> she is definitely the queen. Now talk to us about uh the album. I know it was recently released. Like when it came to sequencing the album, did you slave over that or did you have a plan in uh, mind? You know, I think it just all kind of fell into its place, you know. It's it's quite weird because we wrote for a long time, but majority of the album happened within like this four day like writing camp like six of maybe the 10 like written in like those four days even though we had written for four years on it and i think it started kind of making sense you know mm -hmm. i had like no idea what it was going to be until it was like okay we have to have like figure out what this album is going to be in like a week and then once you're like the back against the wall is like it just kind of just fell into its place it was like oh obviously this is what it needs to be you know and it was just very very clear how important is it for you to have a hand in writing all the songs I'm very. I, I think. I think it comes from my place and from like where I am uh, spiritually and emotionally. But there are there are a couple songs on this record that I did not write. Um, um, there's a song called Last Communion. I, I, didn't, I didn't write that song at all. But that was one of the songs when it was sent to me. That was like exactly what I was missing from the record. And um, and when I heard it, I was like. God, I, I have to have that, you know? And I, I really feel that way. I get sent a lot of songs and I really feel that way when somebody sends me a song where I'm like, this is my song, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, they spoke to my heart in a way that I, I, I need to say it. So uh, Last Communion was one for me that I, I just, like, I, I, it, it just belonged there, even if I didn't have a hand. So I think it is important for me to have a hand in writing it, but I don't think it's like, I don't think it's end all be all because like whatever fits and whatever belongs, like what, what needs to be said will come to you in the right way. And it's, you know, sometimes you, uh, sometimes you say something else that somebody else said, but maybe you can just say it, you know, and that person like maybe couldn't say it the same way, you know? So I think, you know, there's nothing new under the sun and nobody writes anything new, but it's like, I, I think uh, we all, we all say the same things in different ways, but it's like, I say like this, it's like the difference between saying I love you versus I love you, you know? And it's, um, it's like how, how you say it means so much more, you know? Mm -hmm. Do you have any inclination to want to write for other artists as your career? Yeah, artists? yeah, and I have, I have. Um, I've, I got so lucky. Um, there's a song right now, and recently uh, was uh, number one on country radio in um, in America too. Um, the song uh, "Angels Don't Always Have Wings" by Thomas Rhett. I got a chance to write with him, and um, I'm still on the background vocals of it. But um, yeah, that was my first like writer cut that like I got. You know, as just a writer. Does that, in a way, almost mean more to you? Or? Yeah, it means so much more, man. Because okay. uh, I think there's something about like, uh, not that I'm, I, I would like say that I'm great or anything, but I, I feel like I can, I feel like as a singer, I'm, I'm, I'm well enough at singing that I can 
we could say anything like sometimes in my, if I'm writing you know you never know if a song's really good or not because like if we say it I can sell it to you in a way that is really good you know mm -hmm. like and if I don't care if it's like the most C minus song I can make it believable you know but sometimes you like when you have something good like you don't you don't really you never know so I always I always like when we write I always like want to say like like I'll find the guy in the room that can sing the worst in the room you know and like like okay well you go sing it and if it's still really good you know then then we're on to something you know like and like and uh so i just make sure like when we're writing something like okay this guy you can't sing a lick so like you go in there and sing the song and record the song and if the song's like really amazing still then <laughs> then we know we're on to something but don't let me sing it and it'd be like awesome you know what i mean so, yeah. like, sometimes you just gotta like you just gotta make sure you're singing like the, the song really exists without it being like sold to you in a best way you know mm -hmm. Where are you most comfortable? Is it on stage? Is it in the studio recording? Is it back home with your family and friends? Uh, um, I would say on stage is my my most comfortable place because I, I think it's like, I think it's the one place I'm not full of anxiety and like full of, uh, which I think, I mean, I'd, I'd carry a lot of that into the writing room, which but it's like kind of good for me there. You know, like mm -hmm. you got to have anxiety and like weird feelings and like bravery and uh, certain things in the studio when you're writing, you, you can be, you can be all that stuff and never have to change from being anxious. But uh, on stage is like the only place I'm myself, you know, fully just open and uh, it feels like my living room. You know, have you had the ability to take in that you actually do have a unique voice? Like you don't sound like anybody. Well, I hope so. Um, I, I think I think I think that is the thing about a voice, though. I think uh, it's important that the voice is the voice is like a thumbprint, and nobody has the same voice box or the same. And everybody speaks differently, and, and your voice is so bound to your like travel or your like decisions you make or your or the weather or your sickness and the way you grew up and the, the, the work you do to it. And so I think, I think everybody has a very unique voice. And so, um, whether you're singing or not, I think it's very important that you, you're the only one that can say what you say the way you say it. And so, uh, I think everybody has a unique voice that it's up to them to, to do the best they can to make it find out what they're saying. You know, I noticed too, like when I watch your music videos, uh, you definitely have a unique style. How important is your style to you? Like when you're doing your thing, like, does it play a part of you? Teddy swims the artist. I don't know. I never think about, um, I don't know. I never think about like, what am I doing? Like, like I never think about how I'm gonna make it mine. I don't know. Cause you always look cool. So well, thanks. keep it up. So, yeah. I <laughs> yeah. I never think about how to look different. I just, this is, you know, I just throw some clothes on and, you know, well, it's, it's, it's working for you. <laughs> yeah, so keep it up. Great. Um, a couple of quick questions before we wrap up. I did want to ask you who is the, um, like the artist that has reached out to you that has surprised you the most that it was like, I can't believe like they like what I do or whatever. Um, just recently I had, uh, got a chance to talk to Miranda Lambert and that was really cool because I did a cover of her song uh, The House That Built Me Forever Ago and um, about a week ago uh, one of my best buds in the world Jelly Roll also shout out to how what's happening to Jelly Roll right now nobody deserves it better he's the nicest guy I've ever met and uh, to get the CMA new artist of the year and getting a Grammy nomination for that as well is just crazy but he reached out to me about a week ago and he's like hey man Miranda Lambert wants to know if I can connect you guys and I was like god yeah of course I would love that and so we've been in contact you know and it's it's been really cool because I'm such a huge fan of Miranda Lambert she's just She's amazing, you know. She is. If you had a chance just to switch places with another artist for one day, who would it be and why? Uh, Frank Ocean, for sure. He's just a different person, you know? Like, I just want to know what it's like inside of his head, like what it's like to, it seems like a 
enigma you know what yep. I mean and I want to just know like how his brain works how his brain works when he's writing why is it like so like weird and closed off to everyone and like why is he so like behind closed doors about everything it's kind of weird because I'm just so flamboyantly and openly <laughs> this you know like in your face all the time and so I wanted to I've, yeah Frank Ocean's my I think the best writer like maybe ever Okay. Who is your uh, like favorite producer? Like, and, and do you have producers you'd like to work with that are on your bucket yeah, list? Yeah, Timbaland, I think, is uh, like the guy that I've always like held as number one. Um, and I did get a chance to work with him last year, which was really cool. Um, he's, he's just something else. I think my favorite producer in the world right now, and, and he's done most of my stuff with me and has since, since the beginning of time, uh, like since Teddy Swims and Julian Brunetta is like my, my dad in this whole thing. And he's, he's, he's the best producer in the world to me right now. But I think somebody I really want to work with that I haven't been able to was, uh, this man D mile. I think he's, he's just the sound right now. He's just like, so he's just something else. D miles. And, uh, and I think, uh, I've worked a lot with this guy, Jeff Giddy too. And he's, he's one of the best producers in the world right now too. One of the best players of anything, but I would like to work with D mile. I think, and, uh, and Pharrell would be really cool too. Do you have a message for your Montreal fans yeah I love you so much thanks for caring about me <laughs> that's amazing uh, Teddy thank you so much for spending time with us thank we truly you. appreciate it that is Teddy Swims make sure you follow him on all of his social media at Teddy Swims follow us on Instagram Kelly Alexander show excited to welcome back to the show our music editor Sharon Highland hello Sharon hey Kel how are you I am great. Um, wanted to talk to you about the Rock Hall uh, induction ceremony that recently went down. Yeah. And uh, again, for like a second year in a row, there was many artists being inducted that um, were exciting to me. And <laughs> this particular class was like top notch because it covered all the bases. George Michael, uh, Missy Elliott, Sheryl Crow, Shaka Khan, like the list goes on and on. Um, yeah. So I'll start by asking you, did you have the opportunity to stream any of it or will you watch the highlight show that will be on January 1st? I'll be honest and say uh, that I did not stream it because I thought it was sort of a, a knee-jerk reaction to, I thought it's going to be eight hours long. <laughs> and and they'll I thought someone will edit it and make it, you know, an acceptable four hours long. <laughs> and then yeah. I'll watch that. So I think from what I understand, um, I think it was not, a bad amount of time. Four hours. And heard. Not, and so they'll just have to tweak a few things from, from what I'm told. Yeah. And, uh, and I love the idea of how they did it. I can't help but think that just the flow of it. I, I don't know how it, why it would have taken them this long to get to a point where they could see that a flow like that would be beneficial of, you know, people coming up, people performing, people accepting their award, people walking off the stage, next, rinse, repeat, and all that. Mm -hmm. um, it just seemed from what, uh, from what I heard to be, you know, clean and, and whatever editing they'll have to do uh, shouldn't be too much. Yeah, I'm assuming because the, the uh, length of time that I heard that will run on January 1st on ABC Network will be a three-hour performance and i heard that it in actual fact was a four-hour situation so yeah i don't I, they'll probably just cut down on some like if somebody did three songs they'll probably only play one of them I'm right saying. yeah and that's fair i think uh i think uh whoever's in charge of the edit will uh will have a, a their finger on what people will want to see and maybe they'll keep more than one song in mm -hmm. uh maybe they'll just cut down the travel time from the seat to the stage you know, 
I and I I've said this on my show a few times already now, and it feels like I'm harping on uh, on Jan Wenner, but since he got removed from the board after his uh, misstep or or verbal gaffe, uh, at least maybe his most recent, maybe that maybe he was a stumbling block to uh, to a, a smoother progress. I mean, we know uh, that the Rock Hall process has always been a bit marred by opinion. Mm-hmm. And certainly music being so subjective and you need opinions to, and you need to be able to, you know, discuss them and stuff like that. But I think that sometimes people's opinions create a blockade of progress. So um, maybe the smoothness of this, uh, of this particular induction ceremony and process was because he wasn't there. Perhaps. Meow. I know, but I mean, I also mean it. I mean, I only yeah. know what I know and I'm prepared to be wrong, but <laughs> right there. <laughs> so I wanted to start with um, somebody who I think is important to both you and I, which is George Michael. Yeah. And so um, I was able to see, first of all, Andrew Ridgely looked so dapper in his purple ensemble. Oh, good. And uh, because he posted a little clip to his social media that I guess he was allowed to post because I'm sure the Rock Hall was very stringent on what was allowed to be posted and or not. Right. Uh, but he, he posted a little clip. So I saw him. He just looked amazing in this purple. And normally I wouldn't speak about this, but he just looked amazing. He looked dapper and he looked British and it was great. <laughs> and so it was good. And um, I'm so happy that they had him induct George. That seemed like the perfect choice. But my question to you is, do you think so the performers for George, as far as I know, were Miguel, who sang Careless Whisper. Yeah. Um, Adam Levine did Faith and Carrie Underwood did One More Try. And if you actually go to the Rock Hall Instagram account, mm-hmm. you can watch again snippets of that and like, you know, other performances, too. But like I watched all three because George is my man. And um, I wanted to know, do you think it was a curious choice with those particular three artists going for George. Yes. I think, um, yeah, I do think that like, and probably the most for me would be Carrie Underwood. But you know, what's funny. I'll just interject quickly. Please. So she's apparently not apparently, cause I'm following her on Instagram. She actually is a massive George Michael fan. Okay. Then I, then I'm fine. But that, that, that I had no idea. So that makes sense for me. And maybe, maybe that makes sense then why Adam Levine did it. I don't know, but Adam Levine singing faith mm-hmm. was, was interesting to me. Like it. Interesting was, question mark or interesting. You liked it because from what I understand, what I've read, uh, yeah. it was kind of cool, but no. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean the snippet again that I heard, um, I guess it's cause I'm so used to hearing, uh, George do faith that anybody the perfection else that is George doing faith. <laughs> yeah. George doing faith is like, is like uh, the be all and end all for me. So hearing anybody else do it was a little, yeah, but he seemed into it. And I guess it's just like, I for now for Carrie, I see the connection. Cause she even wrote on her Instagram, how she was fangirling over Andrew Ridgely, which is so <laughs> cute to me. Yeah. Um, so I think that's amazing. But I guess, yeah, like I, I would have to find the backstory, I guess, if how Miguel got asked. I'm a huge fan of Miguel. I love his voice mm-hmm. and him singing Careless Whisper actually sounded very good to my ears. Uh, but I guess I don't know, like maybe I, I in my head, I feel like Sam Smith should have been asked or Adele or just some kind of British person also. But I wonder if uh, a if they weren't available 
B, if um, the whole idea of uh, the melting pot of sounds and influences, then Miguel would make sense. Mm-hmm. You're opening you're opening up George Michael to a, a whole new uh, fan base. And mm-hmm. I, I think that they have somewhat of a commitment to have to continue to, to um, strengthen the reach. Right. That was my dog shaking his tail. <laughs> um, so maybe that. Maybe that. Uh, but again, I'm a huge fan of Miguel and he sounded great singing Careless Whisperer. But I guess I, I guess I was looking for some kind of connection that I knew I would know. Yeah. You know what I mean, like even like I know Elton John was there and, and, and sang the In Memoriam stuff. And I think did also something for Bernie, uh, Bernie, his songwriting partner. Yep. Um, but yeah, I guess I was just looking for something that overtly we would have known. Obviously, overtly for us would have been Andrew Ridgely doing the induction itself. So that's amazing. And I just feel and I don't know if his um, sister, like George Michael's sister um, or father was in attendance. Mm-hmm. Um Hopefully some family member was, I don't know, but uh, I'm sure George was smiling down because from what Andrew said, he would have been absolutely delighted to be inducted into the Rock Hall of Fame. So for sure. He worked his tail off, you know, mm-hmm. and we know, and that's pun intended when you think of uh, the faith video. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he worked hard. We saw that in the, uh, the Wham documentary and, um, and, and we know just because of how, supremely talented he was that uh, i mean you're given a gift but you have to be able to uh, deliver on that gift and that's that takes work so yeah and what i saw andrew kind of say and again i only saw a snippet but it sounds like because to me george michael's voice is like butter like it's warm butter it's amazing but the intonation that i got from andrew originally was that george didn't know how good he was vocally probably I think yeah. that's a, like a, a classic insecurity issue. Maybe. You yeah. never, and wouldn't it have been awful if he, I mean, there's, if he was cocky about it, you know? Yeah. 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 But I don't, th- I don't think that's possible. I think no, I there's think so. a, you have to have a confidence to be able to deliver, but um, it's not surprising at all that once you're in such a creative field that you have an, a somewhat of an insecurity and you're like, no, no, no. You know, especially if you're, if you consider your influences as great, how could you possibly measure yourself up to that? And he was, he was amazing. Yeah. Again, pardon the pun. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I have a list of other people that were, you know, inducted, but I wanted to know who else was like of import to you specifically. Well, um, I love that uh, Willie Nelson is in. Mm hmm. Uh, I love, I, I love the list. I love the diversity of the list because of what it represents. I, I, because people would know from listening to uh, our nineties now podcast, I was opposed to, you know, non, non classic in air quotes, uh, rock bands getting in, but I understand what they're trying to do now with the rock and roll hall of fame. So it's not purely rock and roll. It's rock and roll as a cultural influence and a, and the impact on um, our social evolution. So I'm on board. No problemo. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think of Tom Morello. Uh, I heard a bit of his induction uh, of his speech. He was the only one of the four members of Rage Against the Machine that was there. And he highlighted the fact that, you know, what the four of them brought to the um, brought to their group as far as different perspectives go. 
uh, is at the root of what made them so, so great, cool to watch, interesting to listen to, a, a force to be reckoned with. And he was also, when he was describing the differences, he, he did point out to, you know, we all have difference opinion, difference of opinions, uh, including, um, induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. So, yeah. Is it, is it important? Uh, to some people, it's more important than it is to other people. But I think what happens is that when you get in, it's your opportunity to uh, thank the fans. And I think they were, they were good on, on doing that. Um, Willie Nelson, what is he, 93? <laughs> he still looks the same to me. I know. Like He's from looked the, the same for like 50 years. Yeah. Um, Cheryl Crow getting in. I thought that was really cool too. Yeah. Uh, Laura Dern introduced her because of uh, the ever present, always everywhere. Um, uh, Brandy Carlisle had COVID, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it was bound to get her, man. She's everywhere all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, what were your thoughts on, first of all, I was gleeful and this will be like one of the most important parts for me to watch apart from George Michael is Queen Latifah inducting Missy Elliott. Yeah, that's cool. And it must be interesting too, as the first uh, female rap artist to get in that Queen Latifah, who obviously would have influenced Missy Elliott. Mm-hmm. I think, I think by virtue of the fact that she was the one uh, introducing her to the world, let's say, then she herself uh, gets some credit, you know, yeah. just by being there. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was funny. Cause like, in a way, I mean, I see the, you know, cause you know, Queen Lativa pivoted obviously to more acting roles, you know? Yeah. Um, so maybe that's why she hasn't got in herself yet, but to me, yeah, she she would have been one of the first, I think, to get in. Like in my, just because she she definitely changed the game. MC Light changed the game, like all of them. But I think Missy, because of like her, just everything, like her t- entire, like her entire package of just the beats being different, her style, her music videos, like everything, just culturally shifted. Seeing Missy Elliott do her thing, so that's probably yeah. why. It was also really cool that she got in on the 50th anniversary of hip hop as well. So. Super cool. All in all, very awesome. And um, I was reading the list of the in memoriam names. Mm-hmm. And again, it's like another sad year of like losing everybody. Like Tina yeah. Turner, Sinead O'Connor, uh, Jimmy Buffett, like the list goes on. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I'd say, I, I don't know. It seems like each year, well, this is the worst one. And then yeah. the next year happens and there's even more. So I think what, what uh, the takeaway from that is that we've been so blessed with incredible musical inspiration and mm-hmm. um and to to be able to watch or even look forward to watching the induction for the rock and roll hall of fame for its diversity is reminds us yes we've lost a lot of people but man what have they left us with it's amazing mm-hmm. i think even uh the spinners getting in i yeah. love the spinners mm-hmm. my huge fan so that new edition got to yeah perform like oh my goodness i'm super psyched about that and just a quick note too uh i mean the news will have been out a few days by the time um our our our, our conversation airs but uh new edition have been announced or they have announced that they have a vegas residency kicking off at the end of february Ooh! oh that is some very cool news for all ne fans so awesome about that and um last question to leave you with um 
who would you like to see get in next year? Do you have like two or three names that you would pull out? Oh my goodness. I need to see the, uh, the list. There's, I think Iron Maiden has to get in. If I'm going to go back to the, the rock primary. Yeah. I think Iron Maiden for what they've contributed to, to, uh, heavier rock for over 40 years. I mean, it's remarkable that they're not in. So I'm going to, that would be my first vote. Okay. For them to get in the idea I'll back to this particular class though I think uh the fact that Jimmy Page was there yep and that'll spoil a surprise to anybody who didn't watch the streaming but this is 2023 and the internet's there and someone else was going to spoil it for you so <laughs> uh Jimmy Page and his uh thread through rock and roll and to go even further back to have you know been inspired by uh Link Ray I think it's that was that'll be like a huge thing to look forward to when we get the uh the the edited version of what was uh, a streamed extravaganza just the other night and funny too that it was it's they're not there like we can't just go and watch the whole thing whatever it was it happened live and that's it we yeah wait. i heard that you could stream it on disney plus is that that's what i heard that's where it was it's okay not so it's anymore. not already oh geez yeah. okay there we are um so yeah so i will end off by saying then that people can watch the edited version the three-hour edited version january 1st abc network um sharon highland thank you again for hanging out with us this week we appreciate it thanks for having me kale Music editor Sharon Hyland. Follow her on uh, Instagram at the Sharon Hyland. And of course, you should definitely check out the podcast that we co-host together with our producer Adam. It's called 90s Now, and you can find us also on social media at 90s Now FM. The Kelly Alexander Show. What a fun show this week. It was so wonderful to spend time with Teddy Swims. His career is definitely on the upswing, and we cannot wait to see where he goes next, and we cannot wait to welcome him back to the show. A big shout-out as well to our music editor, Sharon Hyland. I want to thank our producer, Andrew Sabino, for doing such a great job putting the program together, and to you for spending time with us. Don't forget that you can grab all our social media handles by hitting up our website, kellyalexandershow.com. Have an amazing week. You and I will chat soon. The Kelly Alexander Show.